0: Okay, so we're in our series, A Different Love. And and I believe that the Holy Spirit has deliberately given us this title, A Different Love. I love the way that Young Ho does our announcements, don't you? They're so full of life, you can sense that he just wants to preach it. Because he's, he's full. It's not just on thursday night there will be a prayer meeting at 7:30 please be coming there saturday night is prayer and praise uh, i love the life that's 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 in him i love it and and he spoke about this different love my friends i believe it is it is the title that god wants us to focus on because i believe that as christians it is easy for us to become conditioned with what our world defines as love and God's love is not limited and restricted like that God's love does not equal the love that we see so often called love in our world today it isn't and God's love as i as we said a week or so ago is not just that That warm, comfortable, affectionate, embracing love. You know, those moments when you just want to go and sit on God's lap and let him put his arms around you and draw you close to his bosom and just pour his love into you. God does that. And if you haven't ever experienced that, maybe you need to. God loves like that. As we sung this morning, the love of a father and, 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 and fathers have a, a place in the life of their children that their children need them to do that. Fathers, don't think that you're meant to be the hunter, warrior, money earner. And and, and your children don't need that affection from you, especially if you have daughters, fathers, they need your love. They need to learn from you, dad, what a true man's love is really like. They need to have their sexuality affirmed by papa. They need to be told, hey, honey, you look gorgeous today. They need to hear that first from you and not from some dipstick of a hormone driven teenager who's just passionately driven by his feelings, who sidles up to your daughter and says, Hey, honey, you're gorgeous, sexy. No, don't let them be the first ones to tell your daughters how beautiful they are. I'm serious. Take them onto your laps, love them, cuddle them, hold them, tell them how beautiful they are. You be the one that teach them. When my daughters were 13 year old, thirteen years old, I was the first one to take them out on a date. I wanted them to know what a, a, a godly man does on a date. And he doesn't put his arm around her to see how far he can go. He treasures her, he respects her, he honors her, he takes her out for a nice meal, and he takes her to a clothes store. Most of you men are shrinking at this thought. <laughs> he takes her out to a clothes store, and he takes the time to together choose something nice for her to wear. Uh-huh. Where else are they going to learn it? On TV? Uh-uh. They ain't going to learn it on TV nor movie, nor comic book, nor monthly magazine. They're going to learn everything else that you don't want them to learn. Fathers, do not abscond from this responsibility. Love it. Enjoy it. When both my daughters were getting married, they both said, Dad, can you come and help us choose a wedding dress? What a rich reward. You see, you you don't get the fruit unless you sow. And what you sow is what you get. And if you say to your daughters, oh, go off with your mum. I hate shopping. You'll find something together. Then don't expect them to want to involve you in precious moments in their lives. Can you hear me this morning? And Father will love us in that beautiful, fatherly, embracing affectionate, warm, accepting way. But that isn't the only way that God loves us. Parents, that's not the only way that we are called to love our children. Last week, we talked about that relentless love, that love that will never give in, never gives up, never throws the towel in, never abandons. Did you realize that God never abandons us? Never. He always is for us and he is never against us. And I believe that God wants us to be awakened. If I can use that phrase, To be awakened to the depth and the length and the breadth and the height of this love of God which we talk about. From which there, there there is nothing in this world or any world that can separate us from it. This is what our key Bible verse says. Paul says this, I am persuaded, I am convinced and you will not get me to change my mind. Does not give in. It never lets go. And it goes beyond anything that we as humans can produce as a human type of love. It knows no no bounds, no ends. And Paul prays in another part in the book of Ephesians. He prays that we would be rooted and grounded in his love. And I believe that in this series, God wants our hearts to be awakened to realize just how much and in what ways God not only loves us, but he reveals his love to us. I want to read these verses to you before we dive into our notes. Taken from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And verse one says this in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Now, the word is talking about Jesus here. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it or withhold it. In the beginning was the word, Jesus, the word of God. In verse 14, John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We sang in one of our songs this morning. That all we want is Jesus. We want to be like him. And we kept singing that. I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to be like you, Jesus. As we were singing that, God spoke these words to me out of First John. And he said to me, first he says, you can be. You can be like Jesus. And then he said to me, you are. I said, Lord, I am. He said, if you read my word and you believe it, you will see that you are already made like Christ. And my heart went to a verse that Paul, the apostle, wrote as he wrote to to some Christians in the region of Galatia. He said in verse 20 of chapter 2, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. His old sinful nature. He said, it, it, It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. My friends, let me ask you this question How much do you believe God's Word? If you believe Jesus, He is the Word. You believe God's word. God is so one that you cannot fragment him. You can't separate or divide components of God. And if we say we love Jesus, then we love God's word because Jesus is the word of God. And I believe that to the degree that we're willing to take hold of God's word and believe it. Notice I'm not saying understand it. I'm saying believe it. To the extent that we will receive it and believe it and feed upon it and desire for it to to be found at the very the core of our being is the extent to what we see God's word manifest in our lives. And God has a lot to say about his love. In your notes today, we're going to start by looking at this. Created by love. Let me read you these, these verses from Psalm 139. Psalm 139 is a psalm written by David. He's speaking as in a prayer to the Lord. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Do you believe God's word? Do you believe that God created you? That God made you? Because God created you in love. And this, I know we're going to be talking about this love that pursues us. But this is such an important foundation that, it, that we must have in our hearts that God created us in love. That was the motive behind God's creative power. When it came into the work. And God said let us make man in our own image. And God made man in his image. Because God is love. Love created us. But you know there are so many people in our world today who don't believe that and and I'm not just talking about evolutionists I personally find it quite disgusting the thought that my great great ancestors were chimpanzees or gibbons or And before that, I was a a blob of slime. I find that most disturbing. And, And it takes more faith, I think, to believe in that than it does that God has created us. But I'm not just talking about people who don't believe that God created humanity. What I'm talking about is we can believe that we can believe in creation But there can be things that have happened in and throughout our lives that leave us with this doubt in our minds. Was God actually there when I was conceived? Some of us have been told from from an age that perhaps we were only beginning to able to understand certain words. But we were left with this understanding and this knowledge as perhaps our parents told us, oh, we didn't actually plan you. Which is a nice way of saying it. Sometimes we hear. Oh, you know, you were a mistake. Yeah. You were a mistake. And we may not think that that's carries much weight in it. But I can take you to many, many people who could say and prove to you those words carry more weight than you can imagine. They settle in a young heart and they may not understand the process of conception. They may not understand the the biological things that happen They may not understand how a man and a woman comes together to form a baby. But one thing they do understand, they hear, it it resides in their heart. I'm a mistake. I was not planned. My parents didn't really want me. And of course, we should be very careful how we speak when those things happen. Very careful how we speak to our children. Not least of all, because it contradicts the word of God to to say you were a mistake. Because the Bible says, David tells us that the will of God is this and the plan of God is this, that regardless of the method of conception of every child, God is there. Before ever we were formed, before ever we were formed, not long ago I was with a young couple, they had just heard that they, they had become pregnant, just a few weeks, just maybe three, four weeks, and they had gone to, to, to the doctors to have um, checks run and, and they actually had a scan taken. And I almost fell over. They came out of the room where the scan was taken. And they said, yes, we're pregnant. Tears running down their cheeks. We're pregnant. And we have a scan. The baby is three and a half millimeters long. And we've heard the heartbeat. Mm. You who are mamas and papas know some of the emotions and the feelings that that stirs up. My friends, none of those tiny, tiny little creations are mistakes. God was not only present when that life was formed. He is the life within that being. He has purposes. He writes them down. He, he already has a plan and a purpose for that life. Can you see why we're so keen on helping one another to discover what God's purpose is? It's because right at the moment of conception, not only did God say, whoops, that was a mistake. Didn't mean that to happen. Which God would never say. God is there. He gives those cells life. And he determines in his will The purpose of that life, your life, my life. (sighs) Wow. Created by God's love. Can you see how important it is that we know that God is love? How many of you in moments or seasons of life of despair, have even uttered those words, perhaps thought the thoughts, God, why ever did you make me? I know the answer, young. Because he is love. How let's just be gut honest. Your parents may not have been truly in love when you were conceived. They may not have intended for your conception to take place. And, and of course, conceptions happen in horrendous circumstances. And there may have been no human love involved, but my friend, God is love and God is the source of life. And God created you and God created us for a purpose. And that purpose is, is wrapped up and enveloped. In this one truth that God is love. God created you in love. God formed you in love. God caused you to grow in love. God brought you into this earth. In love. God has a purpose for your life. Which is out of and because of his love for you. And that's so different to human love. Human love is so self-centered, so selfish. It's all about what we can get out of it. We, as husbands and wives, we show affection. We call it love. We do things for one another under the label of love. But really what we're trying to do is to get something in return. My friends, that isn't love. It's not even close. It's not even liking that person. It's selfishness. And that is the complete opposite to what God is like. He didn't make you to make himself feel good. So he could strut around the universe and say, look what I made. He doesn't need that. He's complete. He's perfect anyhow. My friends, let's just get used to it. He doesn't need us to make himself feel good or to be God. He really doesn't need us. And he doesn't love us so that we can love him back and make him feel good. Hello? Just get used to it. His love is perfect. He never, he never tries to show affection, love, or anything like that. Because he wants to get something back. Because love doesn't do that. Love isn't give and take. Love is give and give. Can you hear me this morning? Can you see how much we need to know what the pure true love of God is really like? You see some of us turned out like precious stones in life, didn't we? We we grew up through our childhood, we were perfect students. Easy children for our parents to raise. We did real great at school in our exams. We went into a great university. We secured qualifications. We stepped into this amazing profession. And we're just like this model human being. Anybody like that here? I saw that hand. No, I didn't. The rest of us, we, we weren't like that. We weren't great kids. We we, we we were rebellious. We were difficult to raise. We had a, a sinful human nature. We, we weren't easy students at school. We bunked off school a bit and we didn't do as well as our parents had hoped we had done. And, and we didn't do so well in relationships. We kind of messed around and sinned and and got ourselves in a bit of a muddle. And that's what most of us are like. Yeah. The amazing thing is this. God knew that. God knew it. And yet still created us because he loves us. You see, love, the love of God, the love of God doesn't change depending on the object of that love. Some of us are very easy to love and others of us are not so easy to love. And sometimes we can assess people that way ourselves and, and we find it easier to, to show what we call love to those who are lovable people. But real love, real love doesn't assess like that. It doesn't find it easier or more difficult. It simply loves. Because it doesn't judge. It doesn't keep account of wrong that's been suffered. It believes the best. It rejoices in righteousness. And so it, it, it doesn't look at a person's achievements It doesn't look at a person's lifestyle and then determine how much love they deserve. And God's the same. That is how God loves. And knowing that some of us would turn out to be a real mess in life. God still created us. In love. This is such an important foundation for us to lay hold of. Such an important foundation. If ever we're going to. Allow our hearts to be open. To receive and to begin to appreciate. The extent to which God loves us. If we don't have this. Rock of truth. Settled in our hearts. We're going to think. That God's love has limitations. We're going to. Think. That we have done something or we have omitted doing something that now will limit, restrict God's love to me. And here is the truth there's nothing, there's nothing that we can do that can cause God to love us any less. God's love is not dependent upon us, the receiver. God is love, and he loves us completely. Can you hear me this morning? I pray that you can more than hear me. I I really sense in my spirit that God, the Holy Spirit, is at work in our hearts today as his word comes with strength and force and truth, but also with love and compassion. You see, the reason God speaks these words to us is not to expose us. It's not to to stir up feelings that we thought we had overcome. Where we thought we had worked through the fact that we weren't really planned or we've been told we're a mistake or it seemed as though through all of our childhood and our adolescent years. We were the dropout. Yeah, we were the we were the last kid that always got chosen for the team. We were the last one that always th- that seemed to hear about what everybody else was doing last. If, if people were sending texts and Facebook messages around, we were the one that seemed to, to get missed off that list. We feel like we're not loved God's not just speaking his word into our heart to stir these things up, to make us feel emotional and to make us revisit those places and feel bad and consider, well, maybe I am different to everybody else. Yes, you are. You're unique, which means we're all unique. God is bringing his word to our hearts this morning because he loves us and because he wants to completely heal us. As the truth comes into our heart. He's not trying to make us feel fantastic about ourselves and go strutting around like some human peacock. But he wants us to know not who we are in Christ, but who Christ is in us. It's not about us. It's who Christ is in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's no longer I that live, but Christ living in me. And we, let me go back a verse. And in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him. And what God wants to do this morning, and I'm very conscious that we're nowhere near through our notes, but what God wants to do is to, by his love, draw us together in Christ. Because Christ is the expression of his love towards humanity. Christ is what unites us. It's not our success or our failings. It's not the, the journey that we've been through. It's not any commonality at all. Other than Christ. That unites us. The fullest expression. For God so loved you and I. That he gave. His only begotten son. So that we could believe in him. And not perish. But have. Eternal life. Everything that God does. For us is because He loves us. We were created by His love, in His love. In love, He conceived us and brought us forth and birthed us. In love, He gave us Jesus Christ that we may. Have our sin forgiven and that we may come into close fellowship with him in love. He gives us the spirit of love, this Holy Spirit that he may dwell within us and fill us with his presence, that he may lead us into all truth. Why does God want us to know truth? Why is it that God has miraculously preserved more than preserved, but kept this word, this book safe over 2,000 years almost. Why? Because he loves us. And truth. You see, truth is an evidence of love. If you have a relationship with someone, husband, wife, children, or just a friend. I don't mean just as in, in a derogatory term, but a friend. And the foundation of that relationship Is pretense. Let's just be honest and call it lies. To be honest you have no relationship at all. The strength of the relationship you have. Is measured by the love that you're willing to give one another. And building a relationship on pretense and deceit. And an image that you're trying to. What's the word? Provide. Give. Give. the other person really says, I don't love you because I don't want you to know what I'm really like. Husbands and wives, it's time to be honest. Now, love is not just truth, it's grace as well. So don't go home and write out a whole list of all your failings and all the things that you've messed up on and say, there, I love you. Read that. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, yeah, it could be disastrous. That's not love either. Can you hear this this morning? The reason God wants us to know the truth is because he loves us. Because as, as, as young ho said, so, so true. He wants us to know and experience and live in that freedom. And part of experiencing that freedom is experiencing God's amazing love. Part of experiencing that freedom is experiencing God because God is love. And I believe that there's a stirring and an awakening that's happening in our hearts this morning. And that God is revealing to us the truth of his word and something of the truth of his love for us. Amen. Let's pray. As we're in prayer this morning, prayer is, is that fellowship that we have with God. Don't just wait for me to lead in prayer, but have that conversation with God yourself. I'm serious. If, if you have, maybe you've felt for so long that God just doesn't love you. And you've said, if God loves me, then why does this happen? And why doesn't he let me do this? It's time to grow up, isn't it? And it's time to realize that God's love is far greater than perhaps our understanding of it is right now. Maybe you did go through or have gone through life and, and you felt that odd person, that one who's always different, the one who maybe you were told you were not planned for, you were a mistake and you've had this question in your heart and your mind, well, did, did God actually, did he plan me? Is my life inside of his purposes and plans? And I believe God wants to bring that life-changing revelation to your heart this morning that God created you and I in love and he has a purpose and that purpose my friend that purpose is not just the leftovers and that's so often how we think when when we think well okay God loves me but my parents didn't then maybe God has just got a little bit of his leftovers left for me. And I can fill some little little hole in the back there, and, and it's not going to be very significant. Rubbish, lies, deceit. Let God show you what his will is and your purposes are for his life. Oh, Holy Spirit, work, work the. The fullness of the depth of this truth into our hearts beyond the words that I can speak, Holy Spirit. Take the word of God and impregnate it within our hearts and cause it to live, cause it to bring healing and freedom and deliverance, cause it to set truth where there have been lies, Holy God. And set our feet upon that rock, that salvation, that love, that truth, that unchangeable, unshakable, immovable love that you have for us as you lead us into eternal life that you've given to us. Now, as we're in prayer, if you're here in this service this morning, or you're listening on a recording and you've never given your life to Jesus and you have never experienced the love of God and you say, I, I've, got, I've got to have that. I, I'm a sinner. I, I've lived in rebelling against God. I've, I've walked away from God. I've got to come close. I need that love. My life is worth nothing without it. And I've got to give my life to God this morning. Then you talk to God as well. And you can say something like this. God, I am sorry that my life has been lived. That I've lived my life away from you. I'm more than sorry. I repent of that, Lord God. I change. I choose a different life. I choose to live for you. And the only way I can live for you is to receive your forgiveness and your eternal life and your Holy Spirit. And with gratitude, that's what I do right now in Jesus Christ. I give the whole of my life to you joyfully. There's nothing better that I could do with it, Lord God. Take it, use it for your purposes. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.